Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Man on the Post weekend review show. It's me, Chris, and this week we've got a bit of a Midlands takeover as there's just me here and Simon. How you doing, Simon? You right? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Good, good, good weekend for you boys, but we'll come on to that in a little while. Uh, so just a two-man show this weekend, so we'll get straight into the action. Uh, this week, after the interlull, uh, the Premier League was back with the Merseyside derby. Uh, Liverpool running out 2-0 winners against local rivals Everton. A little bit fortunate, I'd say. Did you see much of this? Um, just the highlights of the match of the day. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd say they're fortunate. I think, I think over the 90 minutes, if there was to be a winner, I'd say Liverpool probably did edge it. Um I mean, Liverpool obviously got a great deal of fortune with uh, Canate not being sent off. You, mm-hmm. you know that 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 was ridiculous, and it kind of it, it sort of it makes all the sort of hysteria from Klopp and the Liverpool fan base about the Tottenham game of the week. You know, it just sort of puts that sort of into perspective. You know, stupid decisions go for and against you. Doesn't mean you have to replay everything. So. You know, they definitely got lucky with that one. Um, and then kind of the other sort of uh, quote-unquote contentious decisions. I, I was away in Ireland on Saturday, so I didn't see the game live. But I was getting the uh, the WhatsApp updates on, on our group from Carl. And so I was expecting to watch Match of the Day and see a real injustice for Ashley Young. <laughs> but... I mean, how you how can you have any complaints about either of those being yellow cards? I mean, like the first one was was so cynical and like classic Ashley Young. To, to be honest, he's one of the reasons that that I loved him when when he was uh, playing for us for the last couple of years in in the defensive role. Like he he is a proper shit house, and when he's on your team, it's great. But that that was a, a blatant yellow for me. And then once you've done that, you can't put in a challenge like he did to, to get his second one. So. I don't think they can have any complaints about that. And then even the penalty, I, for me, that that was as clear as day. It was a penalty. Like he was fairly close to where the cross was, but he, for me, clearly puts his arm out before the cross has come in. So I don't think they can really have complaints about that. But the Canate second yellow that wasn't given, they, you know, they can feel a bit aggrieved about that. To be fair. Yeah, definitely. I say. I didn't see any problems with Ashley Young sending off to be, uh, especially based on some of the other decisions that have happened this season. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think Canate was incredibly lucky. The fact that like, they subbed him off within a minute, <laughs> and even Klopp at the end of the game was like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah probably, you know, I think that, that that says it all. And again, it just shows the inconsistencies, doesn't it, that we've seen uh, with the standard of refereeing this season. Like it's absolutely ridiculous, you know. If you know, yeah, Young wasn't contentious, but if Young goes, surely Canate has to go um, yeah. after that. I think I think my main thing was that I took away from this game is when I say that Liverpool were probably a bit lucky is that Everton probably, I think Everton played really well in this game. Like, yeah. And obviously they're going to raise their game for the derby. I don't think Liverpool played that well at all in this. Like, Sa- yeah. I think Salah had quite a bad game, yet scored twice. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you get... You know, there's certain players of that elite level, which Salah definitely is. That's always the thing with them, is that they, they can be out of the game, but still, you know, come up with the goods. You look at Harry Kane for England mm-hmm. during the week, like, wasn't massively heavily involved in the actual game, but, but scored two goals, and, you know, the second one was a brilliant one. So, yeah, I, I, 
I, I do take that point on board that you know that Liverpool I don't think were great and Everton did play well. But the problem is with Everton and you know this this isn't any groundbreaking analysis or anything, but they really struggled to score goals and create. So as mm-hmm. as well as I think they did play, I don't think. Liverpool ever looked like they were in any danger of actually conceding a goal in that game. Yeah, that's it. I think I think if it had stayed nil nil, uh, like it wouldn't it wouldn't have been a, a crime. I, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't see Everton winning it personally, but yeah, yeah, Salah he he he, he you say it, it's as you say it's the the sign of a good striker, isn't it? When mm. you you can have a bad well, well not not a bad game, but you yeah. can play that well but and, his, and still his, score. His second goal, I swear that's. It was like an, a carbon copy of the goal he scored against them last season in one of the games, like a breakaway goal, and he almost had like an open goal to sort of pass it into. I, I'm, I'm like 99% positive that he scored pretty much the exact same goal against them yeah. in a, a game last season. It's, so it, it's, keep... just, it's the sort of goal he does score quite a lot, yeah. isn't it? It's when Liverpool break, they you know they're they're brilliant, and yeah. that that penalty, Jesus, he hit that hard, didn't he? Like. Absolutely yeah. smashed that. I didn't want to give Pickford any chance. Um, a lot of talk about Liverpool being in the title race at the moment. How do you feel about that? Um, I mean, as as with talk of all of the clubs uh, in contention for it, I, I I don't really see anyone other than City winning it myself. Purely because I mean, City obviously haven't maybe started as brilliantly as people might have expected, but they never do. But come the, the new year, they they always seem to put a run of 15, 16 games together. So yeah. I think Liverpool, I mean, I think when we did our pre-season predictions, I, I think I tipped them for seconds. Like So they, they'll they be in contention as much as finishing seconds would suggest you're in contention. But, uh, you know, I mean, who, who knows how it will go on. But I think... I think they've, um, I think they they signed some good players in the summer. And their their forward line, they've they've got really good options, but they are, I think, still weak defensively. Like mm-hmm. you can't get at them, so you know that that might sort of be their downfall in terms of winning the league. But I think top four, I can definitely see them finishing there comfortably. Yeah, they say they do seem to have got it together, don't they? So yeah, we'll, we'll go on to Man City then, as we're talking about teams that didn't play very well and still got results. Uh, Man City at home to Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, Man City have lost their last two league games uh, at, before the international break and the Champions League game. So the last three three defeats in their last three games. Uh, they'd never lost three Premier League games in a row under Pep. I don't believe. I think it'd been quite a long time since it happened. Mm. And they've got quite a run of games there. I think their next five games had quite, has got quite a few interesting fixtures in there, like the sort of games that City usually lose. Uh, I think a lot of people are expecting Brighton to cause them. Trouble. Um, but Man City come away for two two one win. Yeah, and I, I I think probably deserved. I think from sort of the what I saw in the first half, and I, I thought they, they they were pretty decent to be fair. And, and um, you know, having lost uh, the run of games like, like you just sort of mentioned there, you know that they they're gonna bounce back and, and react to that. Um, I think it's good for them. Harlan's scoring again. I mean, this sounds ridiculous. Uh, after going so. through his drought, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, he's, he's one of those. You know, obviously, we all know he's he's a great finisher and he's going to score a bucket load of goals. But there are certain games like their defeat um, at Arsenal, where I think he only had something something like thirteen or fourteen touches. Like it was something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And in in games like that, he. He, he not problems too strong a word to use 
but I think you, you get the point I'm trying to make. But I can't think of the, the right words of, of how to verbalise it. Like he, he does take something away from them, and he he kind of he has had a bit of a slower start to the season. But getting him back on form is obviously going to make make a big difference to them. And Brighton, I think I saw a stat something like that seventeen consecutive away games that they've scored in now. Mm. Um, you know, which is, which is pretty decent. Obviously, they didn't get the, the results at the weekends. But it was a game beforehand with the form City were going into it that you definitely felt, you know, bright. It, it wouldn't have been a massive surprise, I don't think, if Brighton had gone and, and won there, yeah, which I, agree. I think is testament to just how far they've come, to be honest. Yeah, and I say I, on Saturday, like when, when Brighton pulled the goal back through um, mm. yeah, Ansu Fati, um, there was a lot on social media, a lot of people you know, thinking, oh God, Brighton, Brighton are going to pull something out of the bag here. And like I said, they definitely had chances. Yeah. Um, Alv- Alvarez um, scored for, for Man City and obviously Haaland scored the second, um, you know, in, uh, in, the, in the first half. But it's interesting, like, the Haaland situation because we, we've literally just sat here and said about, like, you know, Harry Kane, Mo Salah, strikers mm. who can have, like, not a good game and, and then still score goals. Haaland seems to go the other way, doesn't he? He's either good and scores goals or he's not in the game at all. He doesn't have that mid-ground. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's he, obviously been all three of those players you mentioned there all have you know very different sort of skill sets. But so, for example, like Kane, if he's not being a, a goal threat in a game, he can drop deep and he's very good on the ball and he's range of passing and you know Salah with his dribbling. So they they would still get involved in the build up during the games. Was that that's just not Harden's game at all? Is he? he's just very much a you know a, a goal scorer and a finisher. He doesn't really. He like he is a bit of a, an anomaly in, in that city squad in terms of his style of play, but I suppose we, if you pair, pairing him with Alvarez, you can see why Pep's been doing that sort of um, most of the games this season because Alvarez is that type of player can you know, play all across the, the front line and he's a, I think he's a really really good player. I remember mm-hmm. probably about I think it was six or twelve months before City signed him, we were heavily linked with him. Um, and you know there was there's been a fans at the time that that were disappointed that we didn't get him, but uh, you know I can't my, my feeling was if, if he had had a word in his ear that Man City were going to come in for him a few months down the line I, I can understand why he went there <laughs> instead of coming to us but I think he's a really really good player. Yeah, he is. I say it, it's interesting though to say because um, obviously with Haaland you can. The way Man City play, I don't think he suits their play at all. I genuinely think if he played for another, some other clubs that played a different style, he'd be even more deadly. Which is mad considering he scored <laughs> yeah. sixty-one goals in sixty-six games for them. Yeah, uh, and I'm on the treble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it, it is insane. So, you know, it, show, it shows just how 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 good he is. But like, yeah, he's gonna have those games where he just drift out. But I say they've got such a good side. You know, Man City. You know, can you know cover for it I suppose uh, Phil Foden looked like he's coming into a bit of form and I was really impressed with Doku like he's he's looked alright yeah. he looked alright when he came on against us apart from when Ben White um, not megged him um, but yeah, yeah he looks like he could make a difference uh, oh definitely yeah he, he's another one who this summer just gone we, we were linked with and you know <laughs> copy and paste from what I said from... with City you know and, and... So as we were talking about the Liverpool game and their title challenge, I'm going to sort of slightly contradict myself, really. Mm. I, I mean, they we all know, obviously, they're more than capable of going on a big run. But I think they've I, they've obviously got a squad full of you know brilliant footballers. 
but it's not the biggest of squads. And I think a couple of injuries not not you know, won't derail them massively to the extent that you know, they they fall out of contention for the title race. But I, th- I think I don't think they could cope with say three injuries to key players as well as Liverpool or Arsenal could do this season. I think I think they seem to be doing their best not to have their false. Uh, first team to out this um, season. Obviously, uh, Rodri was suspe- uh, suspended. They lost all the games he missed. Um, and then uh, Kanji got sent off in this game uh, for practically just stupidity at the end, really. Yeah, yeah. I think so, it's probably but, a bit but, harsh. But I mean, it's, it's the same as the Rodri one. Like they're, they're two red cards that you'd be looking and you'd be furious if you're the manager because they were both so, as you say, stupid and unnecessary, really. Mm. So yeah, it's a yeah, strange one. Yeah, and then um, Edison didn't play in this game. I'm not. I didn't hear there was a reason for it. Yeah, I was a surprise. Um, I mean, uh, unless he was resting him. For yeah, some yeah, reason. yeah. Maybe, but, maybe. Champions League. I, mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah so, he do, he yeah, does do a bit more than most goalkeepers, doesn't he? So you know, giving Ortega the chance. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's unusual. Like I say, usually you'd think Man City got this massive squad, and but I think you are right to a degree. Like there's going to be times when. For whatever reason, if players are out, and Pep doesn't like to, you know, he seems to like to mix things up every now and again as well. Mm. So the minute he's got less options, it does kind of limit what he's going to do, and that's when you see the, you know, Bernardo Silva playing at left back, um, yeah, <laughs> and, and the things that. But as I, I think Man City, like again, like you say, it's they they they're always a bit iffy at this start time of the season. They were last season, and then yeah, they for, for, come January they just go on that run, don't they? Where they yeah. they're just unstoppable. And it, the problem that Arsenal had last season, it must it's so difficult. You could be at the top of the league, no matter who you are. If you see a team like Man City going on a run yeah. and cutting that gap, it it's got to be daunting, really, because they they are that that good. And, you know, and they showed it. The fact that they went all the way, you know, won Champions League, won won the cup. And the league, and you know, all of those performances are in the back end of the season. You know, when other teams start to fall away, is really, really impressive. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, like what you just said there, absolutely agree. Like, if if that with Arsenal last season, I think if that had been any other team in City's position chasing them down, I, I think they would have. It wouldn't have played out the way it did last season. I, I think there is just that mental factor, even if it's like. Sort of subconscious thing, you know, with, with some of the players, you, you know, you just know you've got a team like that chasing you down, yeah. Especially in, in Arsenal's position last season, where you know, in ex- not being in that position for a long time, I mean, yeah, it's got to have an effect, and, it and it did last year, definitely. Uh, on to the rest of the Champions League and league, uh, and uh, chasers, uh, Newcastle United, uh, showed that they're back, really back in the groove, uh, coming out 4-0 winners against Roy Hodgson's Crystal Palace. Uh, the last three games between these two, two teams apparently have been nil-nil. Um, <laughs> so it was interesting to see this one at 4-0. Um, really good performance from Newcastle from what, from, from the highlights that I saw. Uh, what do you make of this one? Yeah, um, like you said, they, they sort of really hit their strides, haven't they? You know, they, they had to kind of a, a bit of a nifty start to the season. I mean, apart from the thumping they gave us on the opening <laughs> day, but then, then they went on to, I think, lose the next three games. But they, I think they were against City, Liverpool, and uh, I can't remember who the other one was, but I think they were all against sort of uh, uh, Brighton, that was it. Yeah, so all against good teams. But um, yeah, no, they've, I mean, they, they were really, really good. It, it helps. Obviously, in games like that, getting such an early goal against a team like Crystal Palace, you can get an early goal 
he's going to have to force them out. You know, if, if Palace get 20 minutes, half an hour into the game, still at nil-nil away from home, it becomes a bit of a, a dogfight. I mean, we played them a few weeks ago and it, it was like that. So, yeah, Newcastle are looking, looking really, really good. Um, I thought the ball, uh, I think it was... Trippier assisted, I think the uh, Murphy goal is like a lovely yeah. little cushion volley into him. I think Trippier is such a great player. That that was an amazing signing for Newcastle when they got him in. Um, yeah, they're, yeah, they're looking good. I mean, that first goal I do think was was a cross that he got wrong, which I may, you know, that, that that's a sentence I may say again later on in the <laughs> yeah, Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're, they're looking really good. It'll be interesting. What happens with this whole Sandro Tonali uh, investigation? What's going on with there? You know, whether there's a big bank coming in for him. But I'm not sure actually how much of an effect that will have. I mean, he's a really good player, but, you know, Newcastle, their midfield worked really, really well last season without him. So I, I, I don't know if that would be as catastrophic as some people might think it would. Mm. Is it possible um, he could get banned and? And still play in this country. Like I think it'd be weird if he did, but because I, I, I haven't checked who the investigation's been. If it's been done by the Italian FA, yeah, they can't ban him in this country. No, so I think so. With well, certainly with the Ivan Tony one. Well, the yeah, F, the FA asked UEFA to step yeah. in in that one, didn't they? Yeah, and so in theory, I suppose the Italian FA could do the same thing in theory. But I, w- I'm, I'm I wonder, not, I'm not yeah, sure. I'm wondering if they if they wouldn't because they're just like he's not here. It's, yeah, it's not really our problem. It doesn't really affect us because you you know obviously the Italians they're not um, <laughs> they're not strangers to a bit of scandal, <laughs> so they're just going to want this done and dusted and out the way. It'll probably take forever to come out longer than yeah. the Tony one did. But yeah, because there was talk at one point of Tony going on loan to France. Um, okay. uh, and then suddenly the FA were like, no, 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 we can't have that. Yeah. And they asked UEFA to step in and ex- and, and and take some action. I mean, but, that, that, that's weird considering the FA knew in what no around this time last year about all the charges, but still thought, oh, well, they can play the, the rest of this season. Like, yeah. yeah, strange stance. Yeah. So I, I wonder, I wonder what will happen. Like, obviously, if you get to mm. ban in Italy, then that's that's fair enough. I don't think UEFA would would step in voluntarily because yeah and so then and and i'm not even sure then that the fa could ban him because it's taken place before he came to this country in a competition that isn't anything to do with them so it'd be really interesting to see that what happens with that one um yeah you know whether they would encourage whether they would encourage the uefa to step in themselves but then if they did if they did that's great and i think that's the step they should take because yeah. if they didn't they'd be like well hang on a minute ivan tony what why why did you yeah. make such a big deal out, out, out of this so, uh, yeah but i mean they, my whole thing with that is, as well is how stupid are these people like you know you i mean it's one thing betting on say like Say if you're a professional football playing in England and you're betting on games in Spain, I actually wouldn't necessarily see why that's you know why there's such a problem with that. But if you're betting on games that you're playing in, I mean, it's madness, that's, isn't it? Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Absolute madness. But yeah, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, I say Newcastle looking really good. Shame really because I'm sure we're playing them in a couple of weeks. Hmm. Um, so that's typ- it's typical. But 
Uh, Sean Longstaff has uh, scored his record amount of goals for a season already. He scored two, um, which I, which I find interesting. Because, but I think it's because he's brother. So I think I, I think there was a period where what Matty Longstaff was scoring a couple of goals here and there. So I keep thinking, I swear he scored more than two. I mean, I I'm convinced that there's actually only one Longstaff brother. Like, I, I, I isn't swear there fr- that isn't the there three? People. Isn't there three of them? Oh, don't tell me that. I'm sure there's three of them. At I'm one not... point, because there's that guy who plays for Notts County, who I thought was related as well, but I think he's... I'm not sure if his surname's slightly different, but he's yeah. definitely not related. I mean, I, I get the two of them muddled up all the time. Like, I, don't, I, I generally don't know which one is which, but whichever one it is, they're, they're doing well. Yeah, so <laughs> like... Matty's currently the one who hasn't got a club because he, oh, okay. he, he was released and hasn't been picked up by anyone as far was as I'm Was he aware. the one who scored a winner against Man U a few years ago? Yeah, he was the, he was the young one who came out. And, oh, okay. I'm, well, I, th- I think, I wish Dave was here. <laughs> so Dave's probably screaming into his phone right now. Um, but, but I'm pretty sure Matty was the one that made all the head- headlines and Sean was the one that came in. It's, okay. it's one of them. Or, you yes. know, or, or, or Steve, whichever one the third one is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Dave once told me there's a third one as well. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely insane. Uh, Jacob Murphy, uh, yeah, player you yeah, don't see scoring many, but I think he had a good game. And you're right with Trippier. I think he is the difference there. Like he came in from a Champions League side when Newcastle were in trouble. They were looking like they were going to go down when he came in to a degree. Yeah. And to you know, obviously Eddie Howe knows him because I think they he would have been at Burnley when Eddie Howe would would have been. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um. But yeah, Eddie Howe convincing him to come in. I think he, he's a, yeah, he's he's one of them signings. Like he he just changes the the dressing room because he's he's got an elite mentality, hasn't he? You know, you you yeah. can tell that as weird as it sounds by the fact that Gareth Southgate loves him. <laughs> we know what Gareth Southgate's like with players, but he, you know, if you're a professional and you bring something to the to the dressing room, you're gonna get picked no matter how quality you are or not. Um, yeah. And he, he he clearly he clearly does that because England squeeze him in at left back and he's still great. Um, so yeah, re- I, I really good signing. The, the only way Southgate would love him more it would be if he was on the bench every week for his club. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but yeah, uh, Anthony Gordon again having a good season as well. Sorry, Carl. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he scored again. And Callum Wilson have scored. It's like football manager, isn't it? Callum Wilson always <laughs> seems to score. Um, but yeah, yeah, Newcastle doing really well. Uh, surprising, you don't see Palace get this sort of beating very often. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we we said pretty much that exact point a few weeks ago on one of the pods a while ago it's, they kind of they're, they're a weird one Palace because they're, they're, they're sort of the team that you just you never really notice anything about them until you happen to play them that weekend And but it is unusual to see them get such a thumping like normally it's only the odd goal or two that they lose by when they do yeah because they didn't seem to offer that much I think uh, Nick Pope had to make like one, one save yeah, well, having having seen them come to Villa Park a few weeks ago, that doesn't surprise me because they didn't offer anything that day either. Weird. Uh, right, on to the rest of the three o'clock then. So we'll we'll go on next to the game that I sat through and watched on Saturday afternoon live because uh, I took a trip to Australia for a couple of hours. Uh, Bournemouth coming up against the mighty Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, <laughs> I was forced to watch this because my mum's a Wolves fan and she wanted, oh. to, she wanted to watch. She, she wanted to come around and watch it. Uh, so we went to Australia and watched this game. Uh, I remember saying a couple of weeks ago that I thought Bournemouth were playing some nice football and then their new manager might get them playing some really good stuff. Uh, and then they were absolutely dog shit against us when we literally <laughs> walked through them. And then they were awful in their next game. They were so bad in this game, to be fair. The fact that they went ahead in this game was, was 
was unreal. Um, but Wolves, Wolves did eventually come away with a two a two one win. But yeah, Bournemouth, I think they're in real trouble. <clears throat> yeah, I think a couple of weeks ago, um, when me and Dave uh, did, a, it was just two of us on the podcast, and and he, we we talked to me about Bournemouth, and and he said they're kind of like going under the radar, sleepwalking into a relegation trouble here, and it's hard to disagree with that. They've they've just not been they've not been good at all this season. Although I, weirdly, I, I do agree with you that the first couple of games, I did kind of think, oh, they're, they're looking all right actually. But um, I mean, it, it's looking. It was a baffling decision to me at the time when they got rid of Gary O'Neill, and I I think that's I think that's one that they could end up really really regretting come the end of the season and. O'Neill, to be fair to him, I, he's done a much better job at Wolves than I expected. Mm-hmm. Not not because I, I don't rate him. I, I actually do. I, I quite like Harry O'Neill. But Wolves at the start of the season, I was really, really concerned from a sort of goal-scoring point of view. And I mean, even this season, they have sort of struggled to score goals, but but they have been been you know getting some decent results here and there, and playing better football than I expected. You yeah, know, they they do could, play really good football. Yeah, the couple of times I saw them, we did their opening game uh, at Man U. Now, admittedly, they're, they're against fairly mediocre opposition up at Old Trafford these days, but <laughs> but they they played really really well in there, and considering you know the the, the turmoil of the manager walking out you know just a few days before the season I, I think O'Neill's done a really really jo- good job going in there and sort of turning things around so quickly yeah I say sold, sold their best players arguably uh, mm. you know in, in Neves and Nunes in that midfield but they, they look they still look really good like they say they don't score many goals um, and they they do miss a lot of chances, but some of the players like Kuna uh, scored mm. again today. He does look a decent player. You know, quite a few big clubs were were linked with him before he went to Wolves. Um, Kalazidic, yeah, uh, who who scored the winner. He I think he scored most times he's played. Uh, now he signed for them last season. Uh, got injured in like the first game of the season, I think, and was out for the whole season. Uh, Man United were linked with him um, before he went to Wolves, but again, that doesn't really say much. Um, <laughs> looking at the calibre of some of their signings, um, I've got to say, I was so impressed with Tommy Doyle. He came on at half time and he mm. changed the way Wolves were playing. Like even before Lewis Cook was sent off for Bournemouth, he completely came on and changed changed the game. Where did he come from? So he's on loan from Man City. He w- he went oh, there. Yeah. He's the England under nineteen captain or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very highly rated. Um, when Wolves signed, when Wolves got him as part of the loan deal, they have a deal where they can sign him for like five and a half million at any point. Okay. And people were like, Wolves fans were delighted to get him on loan. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that they can purchase him for next to nothing is absolutely ridiculous. Like, he he was brilliant when he came on. I mean, you'd think surely City would. They must have some sort of buyback in there. Yeah, they'll they'll definitely have something. They to be fair, they usually do City. They're, they're yeah. a lot like the Spanish clubs, aren't they? Where they put that in, like they they have done with with players in the past. But yeah, he he came on and like he made the difference. Like they've got a, another young midfielder, Hogue Yao Gomez, 
who's like sort oh, of yeah. nine, 18, 19 year old Brazilian <laughs> kid. Uh, I, when I when they signed him, I didn't think he'd play that many games, but he's, he, he's where's their number eight shirt now, and he's starting every game. He looks pretty decent. Uh, this they did they played without the um, I'm forgetting all the players' names now. The the La- Belgarde who they signed on deadline day, who I thought had a great debut, then got sent off on his next game. <laughs> He was still suspended for this game, but so they were playing without him, who's clearly one of their better players. Um, but yeah, they, as I say Doyle came on. I think I think he should probably start more games for them now because he, yeah. he he just gave them something that pushed them forward a bit. They didn't really do much in the first half, um, mm. apart from like they say Dominic Solanke scored a, a goal that the commentators described as Burkamp S, <laughs> and I'm having fucking none of that. <laughs> Yes, it was a nice little f- cheeky f- cheeky flick with the back foot. But yeah. you, you ain't calling Dominic Solanke Burkamp S. He scored five goals this season, which is great because he, he never scores. Um, but let's not get carried away now, lads. You know, because yeah, that, it's that is a bit over the top. The, I, also, I think I think someone at Wolves needs to have a, a word with uh, Huang and tell him stop going down in such embarrassing fashion. He, he did it against us before the international break when under no contact was on the floor for five minutes and the way he went down to get Cook sent I mean it was a red card it was a stupid from Cook but his reaction was ridiculous so I hope someone stamps that out of his game oh, he's a good player yeah he's, he looks very good and to be fair there were a few instances where he could have gone down under challenges and didn't um, there were a few times where yeah he went down at, and yeah the, the Cook thing I, 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 so the cameras just happened to be right on it as it happened Mm. And it, it it looked terrible that it, like live as it happened, but the camera click quickly flicked away. But then when they showed it again, I was just like, yeah, no, not really. It's, it's a red card. It's, there's no argument. Yeah. It's a red card. But yeah, it, it, you know, we've we've, they, we've all been hit a bit harder than that. Yeah, there's no need to do that because you know that the VAR are going to be checking these things. So you kind of it, it seems a bit unnecessary to. To, to oh, but but, but so do much. we know if they are checking things? <laughs> you know, do we really know they're checking things? Look, Howard Webb when had a chat with Michael Owen the other week. Oh, said... oh, on the Howard <laughs> Webb show, sponsored by Sky. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, if he's given the assurances, that's that's all I need to oh, hear, Chris. Oh yeah, okay. Well, I'm I'm pulling the plug on this podcast. You've, clear, you've clearly been drinking. We'll we'll we do, do it another day. Uh, but yeah, to be fair, once Wolves got back into the game, I didn't see there being any any other result than a Wolves win. Bournemouth just did didn't offer anything, and after even after Cook, I think if Cook had stayed on it, it wouldn't have made much difference to the result. They might have got a draw. Um, but yeah, I, I, they've got Burnley next, Bournemouth. Um, in, in the battle of the tide, the teams <laughs> sleepwalking towards the championship, uh, and I think whoever comes out worst in that fight um, is, is probably in for a, a difficult season. It's a shame, really, because I say the the, the guy who they've got there, Ibarola. No, that's a bank. No, something like that. Um, he had a good season in Spain. He's very high, very highly regarded, but he, he's clearly coming in had to you know change the the type of football that Bournemouth mm. are playing. And it just is a. It just doesn't seem to be going in. Uh, Alex Scott made his debut um, after signing in the summer, the Championship Player uh, of the season last year. Looks a great player. Pity's a Spurs fan, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he he he. You could tell he wasn't up to standard. He probably shouldn't have started. He he. They had to ta- take him off. He he was subbed off when Cook got sent off, uh, mm. and they also took David Brooks off, who was their who's their other attacking threat really. Um, and it, which didn't make sense, but you could tell that um, Scott was never going to last more than an hour 
because he he looked out of it. He, 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 I don't know. It must be his fitness because he's very clearly a good player, and I think his style will translate to the Premier League. But I think he's a few weeks out from getting some, you know, game get fitness into his legs. Uh, and whatever, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Bournemouth. I think Wolves will be all right though if they, you oh, know, yeah. if they, especially if they can start scoring a few more goals. Um, there's a lot of teams who are worse than them, really, aren't they? Yeah, and they they don't they don't concede many either. Like they, you know, as 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 much as they struggle at times going forwards, they they are quite a well organised team. Um, and mm. I think, you know, I, I mean, that's I think it's just more testament to. What a, a decent sort of manager and coach O'Neill was sort of turning yeah, out yeah. to be. Because you, you, you look, look at that team, yeah, it's, especially you, at the back. Yeah, but like, but, you know, you look at what he did with Bournemouth last year. Like, they, it's a team full of really championship players. I mean, Scott Parker told everyone how shit they were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he was still in charge. And like, O'Neill, you know, got them at times playing good football. I think he got them playing above the standards that those players are at. And I'm not, you know, this uh, the new manager has come in. He may well be a very good manager, but if you've got players that just aren't capable of doing what you want them to do, there's not an awful lot you can do, really, is there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, and it's strange because, say, if you look at, especially if you look at Wolves' backline, that is very Championship backline. <laughs> um, you know, Craig Dawson's doing great there, and you know he, he was well regarded at West Ham when he was there. I think he's been well regarded everywhere he's been. Mm. Uh, I, I think a lot of people, even Wolves fans, would argue how Max Kilman is their captain. Um, but I say I do like Max Kilman, but you know everyone remember he used to play futsal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think Jose Sarri is that good. The fact that they were willing to sell him uh, to Nottingham Forest in the summer, uh, I think t- tells you everything you need to know about that. But yeah, they d- it's weird they don't concede very goals. But yeah, they're doing doing really well. Uh, on to Bournemouth's next opposition. Then they went to the G Tech Community Stadium this weekend to play Brentford. Brentford in a bit of a slump. Uh, I didn't actually realise Brentford's form was as bad as it had been this season. Um, but they came away three nil winners uh, thanks to goals from Wissa Mbwimo and Godos. Never heard of the third guy. Um, Do you see much of this? It's a good game. Some great good goals. Yeah. Uh, again, just uh, the highlights that were match of the day yeah some really good goals I mean Brentford you know their, their form um, or should I should say their results I don't think have actually sort of been a true reflection of the performances they put in the season they, I, I think in general they've, they've played well in most of the games other than the defeat to Everton but they they were struggling to sort of see teams off when, when they got themselves into decent positions but you know they, they had a an almost perfect opposition to, to help get get them out of that slump this weekend. I mean, Burnley, sort of all pre-season, all the, all the talk was, you know, about how great they were last season in the Championship. And, you know, they, they clearly were. But it's, it's a massive jump up mm-hmm. going up to the Premier League. And I've I've not seen anything from them to suggest that they're, that they're going to do anything other than plummet straight back down. I mean... The I can't remember who the player was, but there was a chance missed in the first the, half. The practical open goal. Yeah, I mean that, that was just ridiculous. But you look at you look at the Burnley team. It's all well and good playing that type of football in the Championship when you've got Championship players trying to do that in the Premiership when you've got Championship players. It's going to be difficult. You know, there's there's just no real. Premier League experience in, in that team and I, I'm all for and behind managers who have 
their set way of playing and, and trying to stick to that. But you do need to get some experience into that team if, if you've stepped up a league. And yeah, I, I, I can't see it getting much better for them, really. I, I just I, I haven't seen anything from them to, to suggest, oh, yeah, okay, they're, they're not far away from it clicking. Um, I think it's got to be a long season for Burnley. Yeah, it's, it's weird with Burnley. First of all, I've got to give a shout-out to whoever came up with that Burnley away kit as well. I'm telling <laughs> you right now, nobody in Burnley owns one of those kits because <laughs> nobody in Burnley is buying something like that. Like I'm, I'm quite a fan of things with weird colours, but Jesus Christ, it's, it's awful. Like the... the that super bright yellow with the, it looks like the the claret is bursting out of it, and it's oh my god, it's <laughs> so bad. Why did they think no, people in Burnley would look at that and be like, what, 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 what is this? No, we like playing colours, no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, awful. But yeah, that that miss was almost as bad. But yeah, Brentford made this look easy. Uh, with Sue and Bumo, like, there's a lot of talk about obviously with Tony being out, and there's been a lot of transfer talk with Tony at the moment, and you can see why like Burnley won't. Uh, sorry, but, uh, Brentford wouldn't be too bothered about that. You know, I think um, Thomas Frank has basically, to a degree, said, well, you know, something we'll look at. Mm. And you can see why, because, yeah, Wissler and Bruma, they, they score goals. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really good players. Uh, uh, Bruma, I've, I've liked him for a while, actually. Um, I, I think he's I think he's actually got better as well over the last sort of 12 months or so. I think the, the first year, he tended to play... I think like sort of more wide really didn't, didn't get that many goals but over the last 12 months he's, he's really added the goals to the game I think if they were to sell Tony permanently it obviously will affect them because he's he's a really really good player but they'll get big big money for him and they've already shown how smart they can be with, with their recruitment so I think in, in the long run that it would probably work out well for everyone they get a good transfer fee and can use that wisely. Tony gets a move to a bigger and better club, which he probably deserves. And whoever ends up signing him will, will be getting a very, very good striker. Yeah, that's, I'm pretty sure Tony's easily the oldest out of the three as well, because he's like 28, I think. Is he not? I don't know. I thought See, I, I, I thought he was younger, but I swear someone recently said because obviously Arsenal fans are talking about him, and mm. a few people are saying, "Oh, would we sign somebody who's like that age?" Um, and I'd say yeah, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it, this must be like a generational thing. But, but when did 28, 29 become old? When Football like, Manager came out, when we were all signing Ecuadorian wonder kids. I mean, but, back when I first started going to football, like, so sort of mid to late 90s, I swear 28, 29 was regarded as their peak years yep peak yep defenders it was 28 up strikers was 28 29 that was your peak midfielders yep 28 to 32 nowadays if you're over 23 don't know i blame i blame football manager like well i'm football manager one of my players hits 30 i don't care how many goals you're scoring for me i had a player in my team who scored me like 50 goals a season he hit 30 i had a 17 year old ready to come through see you later (laughs) mr mr 30 year old get out my team Yes, I blame is is when the, the train came in for only giving players over thirty one year contracts. It, it, it confused everyone's minds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it's absolutely mad. Um, talking about Burnley though and the way that they play, like 
I expected Burnley. I, I only saw limited amounts of them last season um, with well, the way they were playing once company was there and everyone was talking about them. I expected them to come up and beat... Do you remember when Norwich came up a couple of seasons ago? Yeah. And they played Liverpool first game of the season. And yeah. they played this sweeping football in the in the Championship. And they tried to do it in the Premier League and Liverpool Liverpool battered them 4-0. I remember, I remember watching the game in a hospital waiting room and Liverpool battered them 4-0 and everyone was like you can't come up from the championship and play that attacking game that you had and bring it it just won't work you're not good enough I expected Burnley to kind of have that kind of football you know mm. but they're not even playing that like at the moment it's like they don't, they're kind of caught in between <clears> the two like do they play the attacking football that we played last season that company got them playing in a very short amount of time or do we go out and be like the the Sheffield United the you know the Albions like the, these teams who've come up and and dug in and you know and scraped results you know like the that sort of Sam Allardyce style football, but they're kind of they're kind of caught up in in the middle of it and you can tell at times there's times where they don't know which option to go for. Yeah, I, th- I think the the first sort of couple of games, I think they they did try to do that, but unfortunately for them, their first sort of three or four fixtures were quite tough ones. Yeah, Man City they... opening game, yeah. And they they, yeah. they tried to pass it around a bit there. And someone asked Vincent Company after the game, they were like, oh, you know, you, oh, you know, obviously you've tried to play a bit of passing game here against the best team in the world, you know. Are you going to let that put you off? And he was like, well, no, it's the type of football we play and we're going to bring our brand of football. But that does seem to have gone out the window. Yeah, but because they, they, they did it, or tried to do it against uh, Tottenham and they lost 5-2 and against us and they lost 3-1 and in both those games they, it just made them so open so whether that sort of panicked them a bit but and yeah, and then like you say now they're sort of caught in between two styles of play and they don't seem to be very good at either yeah. the and they seem to get a, I think it doesn't help they get, seem to get a man sent off every time I see them yeah well that's <laughs> something they might want to stop doing <laughs> Yeah, I say I, I think their game against um, Bournemouth next week is is going to be a really big one for yeah. the relegation, which is which sounds absolutely ridiculous at the end of October, um, but yeah, they're 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 both really into it, and yeah, do, what happens? You know, do, I could see Bournemouth making a change at some point soon because we've seen how ruthless they are. Um, but, but I wonder if Burnley would, you know? Um, I don't know because I think even if Burnley went down. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't be the worst thing for them to sort of yo yo for a couple of years and and try and get to I mean obviously that's not ideal but I don't think that I don't think it'd be catastrophic if they were, were to go down they know that company is more than capable of doing a great job of getting them out of a division as well so I'm mm-hmm. not sure necessarily whether they would panic but haven't they got American owners? Um, uh, that's. Not, I'm sure they've got. I'm sure that. Yeah, I'm sure they're one of these clubs that have got some outside investment because, whereas, yeah, you know, so yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. Like, company's clearly done a good job with them, and I think you're right. I think them going up and down for a few seasons give them a bit of financial stability, and 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 their fans. One of uh, my mates, she's a Burnley fan. uh, She seen ticket holders. Their fans love company. Like they, I, I don't think they would. 
if they were to get relegated, I don't think there'd be many of their fans calling for a change. Okay, that's good because I, 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 I always see Burnley as like if Sean Dyche was a football club, <laughs> it would be Burnley, um, and that's probably a little bit unfair, you know, you know, calling on Brexit FC and all that. Um, but that's how I envision them. So I'm thinking the, the minute things go wrong, old Johnny yeah. Foreigner here, it, not my views, um, but but you know he he can get lost, and you know that's what I was a bit worried about, but. You know, I think it's clear that company's you know got a, got a career in the game. I don't think he's going to yeah. be like an elite manager because I don't I don't think he did amazingly well at Anderlecht. Um, but he, he he's definitely got a style and he likes the young players. Um, so I was, I was surprised to see him go to Burnley. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that goes for him. <coughs> the final Saturday three o'clock then was the if you're looking at, at all the fixtures and picking which one's going to be last on match of the day. It's going to be this one, and weirdly, it was last time match today. Considering it looking like it was a better game than than some of the others that were shown before it, um, it... Nottingham Forest uh, hosting Luton Town. Um, everyone's whipping boys. Luton doing their best to prove me wrong in my they won't get any points away from home this season. Uh, they've now got two, I think. Um, four. They won at four. Uh, oh, did they? Oh, they won. Yes, they won at Everton. Not true. Bastards. Uh, I did. Uh, it was nice to see uh, former England goalkeeper Chris Woods playing up front for Nottingham <laughs> Forest rather than New Zealand international Chris Wood, as the commentator kept saying. Um, you know you're bad when Chris Wood scores two goals against you, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, this was a more entertaining game than it, it had any right to be on paper, yeah. really. And like, kind of, it was almost like it was. Already, they, the schedulers at match of the day decided it doesn't matter what's happening, we're sticking that one last lads. Because <laughs> um, it was a fairly entertaining game. And I mean, Luton, I think from what I've seen in the opening nine games, if, if any of the three promoted teams are going to, if you had to pick one of the three promoted teams to stay up, I think I would go with Luton. You've definitely been drinking. I, no, I, I, the reason I say that is because they kind of. They almost have that. What's the word? Is like, it is it because they've signed Andros Townsend? It's well, I mean, yeah, you caught me out here. <laughs> no, but because like it's it's you know like when you sometimes you get a club like when Blackpool came up, yeah, it's such like a kind of like novelty factor seems like I'm I'm being a bit harsh, but you know they they not they were never expecting to be in the Premier League. They know that they're everyone's favourite to go down and there's every chance that they will still go down but they kind of they they, they you, clubs like that have a kind of mentality where you know the fans aren't going to turn on them because it's just uh, the fact that they're even in the Premier League it is amazing as it is it's, it's, it's almost like everyone's going in the mentality like yeah we're probably going to go down so let's just try and enjoy it and like stick together and that that will Garner you points against certain teams in this yeah. league. Um, you know they to come back from two 0 down. If uh, you know, it's no mean feat for anyone in the last ten minutes to do that, especially a club with, let's be honest, very limited players at this level. You know, there's there's a spirit about them which, which will serve them, will could serve them well as the season goes on. I mean, I still think they will go down, but I think they've got a better chance on the evidence I've seen so far than Burnley or Sheffield United have stayed up. Yeah, uh, to be fair, as much as I hate to agree, I think you're right. Like, <laughs> I'm, uh, Without being horrible, I know I made a joke about Chris Wood, but um, Nottingham Forest have got quite a good t- team. I think I've mentioned them a few times, and they look quite good in this game. I think uh, had they had 
a finisher, a proper finisher. I know Chris Wood had a goal disallowed, and rightly so. Um, but if they had a little bit more about them, they could have been clear in this game. You know, that Morgan Gibbs White was running right in that midfield, as, as he does in most games. Um, so yeah, full credit to Luton for coming back um, and, and 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 getting this to two two. Uh, I am a bit concerned, obviously Nottingham Forest defence though, because mentioned Andros Townsend who signed um, for um, Luton recently. Um, that was the worst free kick I've ever seen in the Premier League, <laughs> and he and he's going to get an assist for it. Like yeah. how 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 does that get through? Like it just bobbled along and then bounced over everybody. Ridiculous. And uh, Adebayo's goal, like where I think he just comes off his shoulder and takes two yeah. defenders out of the game. Um, yeah, absolutely unreal. But yeah, Lute, I say Luton, have, I think we're exactly spot on with Luton. Uh, Luton. They, they're just going to enjoy it, aren't they? No one's going to be calling for Rob Edwards to get the sack. You know, if, if, they, if they went down with four points, which is four <laughs> more than most people expected them to get, um, I don't think there'd be any outcry. I'd say they're, they're having, having a great old time. Um, mm. You know, so the you know, they seem to have garnered a lot of fans. There's a, a few of a um, few Arsenal fans who I know who've like got who Luton Town are their um their second club. Um, <laughs> not like that Robbie fucker who's actually a Luton Town fan pretending to be an Arsenal fan. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's all the three o'clocks done. On to the Saturday games. There were two evening games this Saturday. We were in for a real treat. Uh, the first one of those was Chelsea against Arsenal. Um, oh God, do you want to talk about it for a bit before I go in? Um, yeah, well, I mean, so I, uh, I, I didn't see the game live. I, I was sat at Dublin Airport waiting to, to board my flight and was getting the, the updates on the phone. You were probably having more fun than most of us then. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I kind of, I was disappointed with Arsenal from, from what I saw then on the highlights later on. Um, Chelsea, Chelsea thought looked, looked fairly decent, to be fair. Chelsea played um, really well. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the second goal, I, I don't care what, what... If anyone thinks that that, that Mudrick meant that... He they've, didn't. They've been drinking... Look, look at the ball, because the pass into him from Gallagher was awful. Yeah. The, the, ball, the ball was like under his feet, and he doesn't get the ball out from under his feet as he makes the cross. So there's, he would... He's, I know he's supposed to be quite good, but we haven't seen that much of him. Yeah. The world's best players ain't getting that cut on a ball deliberately. <laughs> Like that was a cross yeah. that's in in his feet. He's not had time. He, he can't shape his foot round it enough to get the cross in, and it 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 it's gone in. Um, but yeah, he definitely didn't mean it. Not not at all. But yeah, I mean, yeah, everything from the last ten months tells me that that that's a cross he he messed up. <laughs> it turns out all right for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's just, I thought Chelsea played really really well, and then just shot themselves massively in the foot with with you know presenting Rice. With a chance, I, mean, I I do think it's a really really good finish from Quali- Rice as well. Absolutely quality. Yeah. Right, I, I know it's, it's it's it is an open goal technically speaking, but you still that's he the only way that he was going to score was was hitting it the way he did because I think if it, if that goes more central, I think there's a chance Sanchez would have would have maybe been able to have got across to it. Yeah. So I, I thought it was a really really good finish. It's the him coming onto it as well. So if you, if, yeah. you, if you watch, he's behind the. Uh, I think it was going towards Gallagher, maybe. Um, it was, yeah. It was go- so he's like five yards or so behind that play when the ball's when Sanchez makes this ridiculous pass. So I, I could see why Sanchez would try that pass, but Gallagher doesn't come to the ball. So yeah. Royce just goes past him, intercepts it, and hits it. I mean, I I think obviously Sanchez 
should take most of the blame for that. But I don't think oh, yeah, definitely. blameless in that. Yeah, no, he, he's just stood there expecting the ball to drop to him with, with nobody coming yeah. in for a tackle, which is in the Premier League is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, uh, well, especially against one of one of the better teams in the <laughs> yeah. league as well. You know, with with, with Declan Rice, who's you know, I've I've been a huge fan of his for for quite a while. You, you should you should be expecting that that there's going to be some sort of challenge. Uh, but I mean, as as poorly as I thought Arsenal had sort of played for most of that game, once they got that one back in, um, you know, sort of the, the character to go and then and then get the second one and and then look. They look more the more likely team if there was to be a winner to, to go and grab that. As soon as um, Rice scored, I thought we were going to win the game. Yeah, and we yes. were terrible before that point. Yeah, and I, I suppose that that is a real reflection as well as obviously you know the, your performances last season. Of it, it seems like it's a real sustained change that's happened now at Arsenal because you know three, four, five years ago. There's, there's no way Arsenal come back and get anything from that game. You know, once they go two 0 down, but it, it is a, a very, very different team now. That you know, once they got that one, like you said, you kind of, you, you, you always felt, oh, okay, we're not just going to nick a draw from this. We're going to go and, and get it. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, they did react well. The one thing, or the point I did want to make in that game, is the level of sort of protection and freedom goalkeepers get to do what they want. I mean, Sanchez cleaning out uh, Jesus. Yeah, how that's not a penalty? It's ridiculous. It really, really frustrates me. Just they, they seem to, to be able to kind of do what they want. If the ball's in the air of the box, it's like they've got a free pass to just, you know, absolutely smash yeah. into anyone they want without getting punished for I th- it. I think it's, it was dang- outright dangerous. Yeah, and like- the slightest touch on them. You know they 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 don't get a free kit for it. Oh, I thought that was a really really bad yeah. one. I, I know he, you know, neither of them get the ball. Or someone else heads it away. So how? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, but... it was. It was ab- absolutely ridiculous. Uh, earlier on in the game, there was an incident where um, Ben White went up for a corner, as he does, and he uh, and he, he got. We had a goal disallowed for it earlier this season, I think. Or was it like, like last season where Ben White put his hand on the goalkeeper yes. and the goal was disallowed. He did the same thing again. We didn't score from it, but a foul was blown up for str- immediately. And like, I mean, even the commentators were like, Ben White hasn't done anything there. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's one of those that... Uh, I, I, I don't understand it, because it seems like everyone is of the opinion that it's ridiculous that mm-hmm. that, that constantly gets given in the goalkeeper's favour. Yeah. If, def- so, if a defender does that, if a defender yeah. goes flying into a player there, that the game stopped, he's sent off, and it's a penalty because yeah. it's da- dangerous play. Like he oh, smashed it into was, it, yeah. smashed into his head. Like there was, I've seen a few people compare it to the uh, Man United Wolves one. I don't think it. I don't think it's the same. The only way it's the same is it, it's a goalkeeper being stupid and has given <laughs> should have given away a penalty. But that wasn't really dangerous play. He's just got his Anana's got his hands all over yeah. all over. That was dangerous play. He's just gone flying into Jesus, and you saw Thiago Silva straight away. He he was like, "Whoa, are you all right?" Going obviously they're, they're international teammates. Yeah. But like he was straight over to him. Is everything okay? You know, because it was that bad. And I find it really weird that Sky didn't make a deal of it at all. Yeah. Yeah, just really, just really, really strange. It's almost, yeah, it was almost like, like, kind of, no one over the weekend has really sort of brought it up as, as a thing. But you're right, the, the sort of level of, um, sort of out, outcry and outrage at the Anana thing 
you know, we, we, we chose ridiculous awards and get penalty. But I, I'm with you. I thought this was way worse than that. Yeah. Like, properly dangerous. I think it was more of a penalty than the one that they were given. Which yeah. I, I understand with the, the handball rules, it's gonna be it's gonna be given. I, I don't agree with the handball rules, but at least with the consistency and everything, I understand it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was that was absolutely reckless. Reckless, and it's mad that that that's the talking point from a game where you know one team's been two 0 up and another team's mm. come back to draw two two, and you know the, the main talking point is the fact that a, a player was practically nearly murdered on the pitch uh, and nothing was given but yeah we we were we were really bad like we were giving the ball away left right and center uh, couldn't put couldn't string a pass together um and yet chelsea I, I i've got a feeling if you look at chelsea's lineup it was very different from what i think what arteta was expecting because we are very much set up even though we play a very similar setup every game we do have certain things that we do in the game that are Set up by the expected lineup of of of, of our opposition. Now it's difficult with Chelsea because they've got fifty five <laughs> players, um, but they didn't play a striker. They played Cole Palmer in like as a, a false nine, and you know he's he's a he's a decent player. But when you've got when you've got all these players, you're not expecting to have Cole Palmer and Conor Gallagher as your main attacking threat <laughs> as the opposition. So I can see where we were, were kind of thrown with that. Um, but yeah, Chelsea looked really really good, and interestingly, I. They just seem to crumble a little bit. Like they, 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 they didn't look great at times. Like I say, Sanchez had a, 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 as bad a game as Raya did. I don't think Raya had a, a good game at all. And mm. I, I think the goal was probably one of the things you can't blame him for. Because, um, as I say, no one was expecting that ball to yeah. go there. He was ready for the cross. And if it had gone over, I think it was... Um, it was Kuka. No, it couldn't be Kuka, because he'd have been the lap. Whoever it was they had on the right, far on the, on the back post, <clears throat> Raya would have got caught that ball. Yeah. Easily, he he was ready for that cross, and that's one of the reasons we we, we uh, Arteta plays him because he's good at that sort of play. So a fluke like that, you can't blame him for. But yes, I think um, yeah, Sanchez wasn't very good for them. Um, a, f- a few a few of their players didn't look great. Did you see the in- incident with the penalty though when um, Sterling went to take it? I did, yeah, he yeah, did, yeah. He he didn't look happy after that point, which is great because he's their best player. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't Palmer score a penalty before the international break against Burnley? I think when they won up there. I think so. I'm sure he has. He's, he yeah, because he, 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 he yeah, he's, he's, I'm, I'm pretty sure because he has scored for them. I'm pretty sure it was a penalty. Yeah, so like I I just found that odd then. You know, just surely that he's obviously the designated penalty taker. So I don't. Really I don't know. Was Sterling don't, uh... playing in that game though? Because he's been in and out of the team, hasn't he? But if you're yeah. if you're Raheem Sterling, who's a senior player at that club, yeah. Cole Palmer's a 20 year old who's just come in for hardly any money. To be fair, he's only to, a bargain at 20 million. He he looks a decent player. Um, but if if you're Raheem Sterling, you're thinking I'm taking this. I don't care what you say. And uh, I, I believe Thiago Silva was like. Um, no, Enzo Fernandez yeah. was like, "Nah, he's taking this," and you, you could you could tell that Sterling wasn't happy about it, and he looked a little bit off the boil, like for a period after, like he, he like he was still thinking about it, like who the fuck does this kid think he is? <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, Chelsea say so they looked better. Um, it was a strange setup from them. They <clears throat> they made some more, more like bought some more attacking players on later on, but from the minute Royce hit that shot and it went in. I did not think we were going to lose that game. Yeah. Which is weird because up until that point, I thought, at one point I thought this it's 2-0. I'm probably going to turn this off because I don't <laughs> I don't see us doing anything at all. We created nothing. We had two shots on target in that game. Both of them were got our goals, which is absolutely <laughs> insane. And then yeah, Enke- was it Enketia had a chance to win it? 
towards the end just went wired. Yes. Um, but but yeah, it's it's absolutely madness. So I think Chelsea. I, I saw some Chelsea um, fans saying that they were happy with the draw, and I was just like, why? Kind of. I think you've thrown that away there because that, yeah. that was easily their best. But I wouldn't even say it's their best performance in a season of the season. I think it's their best performance for quite a while. I can't yeah. remember the last <laughs> time Chelsea played. You know, played a game half as well as they were. So it's it's good to see the signs are there. Um, you know, but yeah, Arsenal really bad. But they say the sign of champions are these games where you get points when you shouldn't, when you've yeah. not played well, and that's definitely something Arsenal have been guilty of for for many years now. Like we we weren't the best. Well, I think we were better than Man City before the international break, but we weren't at our best then, and we got four. We you know we got three points there. So mm. just. To, to have a bad game against Chelsea and come away with, with a point. So if you look at it and say, right, from those two games, either side of the international break, we would have took four points. I think most Arsenal fans would have took you, bit your hands off, because that's things, okay, that's that's a draw at Man City and we've beat Chelsea. Yeah, you, you've developed a, a very handy knack of scoring late on in games as well. Mm. You, know, you get a lot of late goals, which you know is also sort of a, a, a good sign for, for a team looking to, to win the league. Because like you, you know, as proved on the weekend, it shows that you kind of you you're always in the game. Like you, you always feel like you know one goal will, will change everything, and then you you can come back and get more. And even even last season, you, you got a lot of late goals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of late winners. So that's that that's definitely, a, I think, a really positive sign for Arsenal as well. Yeah, I so say it's really interesting as well. This was the first time this season that we've played our first choice front three. Of uh, Martinelli, Jesus, and Saka, and it's our worst performance of the season. <laughs> Arsenal fans have been screaming for weeks. We don't play. We haven't had a chance to play. Wait till we get the front three together. Yeah, then you'll see us click. First time we do two shots on target. Um, but yeah, no, really interesting. Um, I think I say I think both teams will be happy with it. I suppose, but I think Chelsea probably have every right to be disappointed because I think yeah. they could, they could, they they should have got a lot more out of that. We were then treated to a real treat <laughs> on Saturday night, though. There was yet more football. Football at 8 o'clock on Saturday still feels really weird. And I forgot what game this was. And somebody says, oh, there's football on tonight. You're watching it. And I looked and I saw the name Sheffield United and instantly went, no. <laughs> um, Sheffield United hosted Manchester United at Bramall Lane. Oh, did you watch this? Because I didn't. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I decided to put myself through that. Um I'll be honest, I don't remember an awful lot of it because quite early on in the game, I thought, I need a, I need a rum and coke here. And, and before I knew it, the night was gone. <laughs> how, how, how can you forget a game when Ollie McBurney scored? Because there aren't that many of those games. <laughs> that is very true. It's really good penalties, actually. <laughs> I put it away really, really well. Um, I mean, this is, is a poor game. Manu did not play well at all, I don't think. And I think had they been playing... Most of the teams, if they put that performance in against most of the teams in the league on Saturday night, I think they would have come away empty-handed. Um, Sheffield United, they're I, I, like sort of Burnley. I've seen absolutely nothing from them to suggest that they're going to extend their stay in the Premier League beyond this season. There's just a, a real lack of quality there, and I kind of this I think sort of speaks to just how how uh, low Manu have fallen in my expectations. I kind of, I, I wouldn't, I, I went into this game thinking, 
I can see Sheffield United actually making something. <laughs> it's you know? mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. And I've, I've got to think that's maybe what Sky were thinking when they scheduled this game. Quite possibly. And, I mean, the, had it not been for a very, very strange winning goal from Dallo, I say strange in that it was a really, really good strike. But the keeper got two hands to it. Like I still think he should have saved. See, I don't it. remember. It. I've I've watched. I have watched the highlights, this, and I don't remember. I, I remember McTominay's goal because yeah. it was like he just kind of scuffed it, and it somehow went in. Um, but I don't remember Dallas' goal <laughs> apart from I remember him hitting it from outside the area. That's that's it. I don't remember yeah. the rest of it. Yeah, it was, like it, you, you look at it on the initial viewing, and you think, "Oh, fucking awesome! He's hit that well." And to be fair to him, he has. I mean, I, I think if he if he if he, if he attempted that shot in every single game of the season, he'd still only score one goal. Yeah, and it, and it was this one against Sheffield United. Um, but yeah, the keeper, he, he got like two decent hands to it. Um, and, you know, I think if a keeper gets one hand to a shot, you kind of, you question, should they have saved it? They get two hands to a shot and it goes in. You know, that's I, it's not a good look for anyone, is it? Um, but yeah, this was a very, very forgettable game. Penalty shout for Sheffield United. Uh, not the one that was given. The did you see the Harry Maguire shove? Yeah. Um, Mackety, um, is it? Yeah, I I think they could feel quite rightly feel hard done by <laughs> not getting one for that. Um, Apparently yeah. it was reviewed and they saw nothing wrong of it. But Harry Maguire's arm clearly extends with with the player on the end of it. And he's not a small fella, <laughs> Harry Maguire. So I imagine if he pushes you even gently, it's yeah. going to affect your, especially if you're in the air. Um, yeah, I, I was really strange that that wasn't given. Yeah, but I mean, I think uh, Manu, they were way at Forest last season and there was a blatant handball from Harry Maguire that got reviewed and, and they saw nothing wrong with that. So, you know, I'm not... Not saying anything is uh, untoward, but I did read the uh, head of VAR as Mr. Maguire. So um, yeah, it's uh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we say we know that uh, Howard Webb is a well a well known Manchester United fan. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, Man U. You, you look at their their last sort of couple of games. I, I think they've beaten Burnley, Brentford, and uh, and now Sheffield United. I wouldn't. I think that's very. They're much back. Over They're, back. <laughs> They're back. They're yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. I'm expecting to see Rio Ferdinand you know, slapping the table, give him the contracts, and all that shite. Um, it's it's paper under cracks, isn't it? Like yeah. any, any half decent. I mean, they were very fortunate to have to have uh, beaten Brentford. Still, you know, I thought Brentford played really well that day. Um, yeah, they if they come up against the sort of a half decent team, they're going to struggle because it it just it's not looking good. All their strikers are just so out of form at the moment. Um, and long may it continue. Yes, yeah, great, and it? It, it, it is really good. Um, we'll probably talk about this after we've spoken about the final game of the weekend. But there was weirdly there was a lot of talk that Man United might have been affected by the news that the sad passing of uh, Sir Bobby Charlton uh, on Saturday afternoon. I'm not really sure how much you can read into that though. Um, yeah, you know, obviously, it's it's a hor- horrible thing to to hit when you hear that somebody's died and whatever. But mm. and I, yes, he was a big infl- a big person at that club, um, and a few of the players would have come into contact him, but with him at some point. But he's been ill for a very long time, so he probably yeah. hasn't been around the club that much. You used to see him every week, didn't you? Um, you know, he'd be him <clears> and Alex Ferguson in the stands looking on like they wanted to kill somebody. Um, 
but as far as I'm aware, he hasn't really. He's been ill for a long time and hasn't really been around. So yeah, when you see like some of the players who've been there like a couple of weeks or, yeah. or whatever, saying, "Oh yeah, it was really sad." You know, it, you know, it, it's hard not to be thinking about it during the game. You know, we we've seen players go through other things in their own personal lives, and yeah. and, and and put in put in so in some occasions much better performances. You know, I put Aaron Ramsdale, um, his girlfriend who. Beautifully gave birth this weekend. Uh, that's why he was wasn't in 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 the squad for for our game against Chelsea. Uh, they sadly suffered a miscarriage last season, mm. and he played against Spurs that day, and gave one of his gave an absolutely fantastic performance. So I, I I'm I'm not quite sure how much that can affect them. And you know, he, he, I don't I don't want to make a joke of it because it's obviously uh, yeah. a really sad time. But like you say, Man United have been playing badly for weeks. And if Sheffield yeah. United had come away with three points in this game again, it would—I don't think it would have been a shock to to, to many people because as bad as Sheffield United have been, Man United have been much worse at times. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, you obviously you, you don't know how. You know, we we can't sit here and and, and say exactly how any uh, individual may have been, you know, affected or you know been had a, an impact on on their performance, but it it, it kind of feels like. If, it feels a little crass to try and use that. Yeah, that, that's it. yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Like I'd understand. Yeah, yeah, it definitely. You know, it, it, like we say, being sensitive to it and everything, yeah. it, it could have affected them. But and I don't, I, I, I don't think actually disrespectful. Yeah, I don't to, to the memory of Bobby Charles. Yeah, I, I say I don't, I don't think so much. It's the players because I don't. Mm. I, a few of the players were asked about it and they kind of like, yeah, it's a sad day. You know, obviously we found out when we were in the dressing room because it was late on in the afternoon. But yeah. there's been a, quite a lot of fans on social media saying, oh, you know, if not blaming Bobby Charlton for dying and saying, like, <laughs> if if he hadn't died, we'd have won this. But yeah. but saying, oh yeah, it's, you know, the game should have been postponed. We shouldn't have been expected to play. And whatever, and I was just like, mm, yeah, come on, really? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, obviously, he's, he's uh, you know, had a huge influence at, at that football club, but it's, it, and it was obviously, it's, you know, very sad. You know, when anyone passes away, it's, it's not like, for example, I was at the um, Villa Swansea game years and years ago when the news broke a couple of hours in, that morning um, about Gary Speed passing oh, guns. And that that that's a very different scenario. To it. Both very sad, but you know, one as you say, sad but kind of not totally unexpected. Mm-hmm. Whereas that was, you know, and, and that game did go ahead, and, and that that's a game that that, that shouldn't have gone ahead like mm-hmm. that. I remember, I, I'll never forget the, the strange atmosphere in the stadium that day. It was it was that was a horrible thing. So something like that, I think, is you can legitimately kind of use that to uh, explain the performances but I'm not sure if it, it washes for this weekend yeah yeah true uh, we, we might as well talk about it now so we don't end on a down note though, yeah. so, <laughs> uh, but yeah so yeah Bobby Charlton obviously um, absolutely fantastic player I don't know I'm not quite old enough to have experienced him uh, he's career finished by the time I'm pretty sure he's career finished by the time I was born um, but I'm old enough to him to have been mm. someone who was discussed while I was growing up watching football um, I think I think it, all you need to say though really is at one point um, when his career ended he was England's record goal scorer and Manchester United's record goal scorer and he wasn't a striker yeah I mean similar to yourself obviously well before my time he's playing days but he's, he's, he's one of those players 
you kind of you wish you had been around mm-hmm. to see like or, you know like a George Best as well or you know, Pele or Maradona. You know, though, there's certain players that are just iconic in the game of football that that you know about and. Even though you weren't around to watch their games, you've seen so much and heard so much footage. Like you can still see what great player he was, and you just need to look at what he won. You know, some World Cup, uh, European Cup, Ballon d'Or. You know, and those European the European Cup win and the World Cup win. It's not like he was, you know, just you know, a, a sort of not a bit, you know, a bit part player or anything like that. He was integral to all of those major yeah. successes in and his he career. Both so. both goals in the semi final. Yeah, I believe for, for the World Cup. Uh, obviously, uh, f- famously won the European Cup ten years after being involved in the um, Busby Babes yeah. Munich air disaster, where he was on the plane, um, was severely injured but survived. When sadly eight eight of his teammates didn't. Um, but yeah, it, it it shows what you know. I think he's one of the, those players when these sort of things tend to happen. You, people throw around like the word legend and mm. and stuff like that. And I think sometimes they do it in a in a, in a it, like in an over the top way. But I'd probably go as far to say that this is one of those instances where that is deserved. Like he's one of those players that even he though he was playing back then at a time when there was no social media, where w- no games were on TV at all, very, or very rarely. You know, televised football wasn't mm. a big thing. He's one of those players that everyone of a certain age, I'd probably say a lot, even a lot of youngsters probably still know who he is, especially if you're a, like a Man United supporter as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and you know, they would have seen a lot of him. So I think he's, you know, one of those very few English players, especially from that era, who you could sit down and, and say was, was definitely a legend. I, I have never seen a player strike the ball like he did like he oh, did gotcha. and if you're considering the types of football they used back then so <laughs> I, I say I, i'm pretty sure we're like a similar age so but you remember what footballs were like when we were a kid yeah they were very different to how they are now and they were probably <laughs> very different to how they were in the 50s 60s 70s you, like but do you remember what it's like when a football was wet Oh god! And yeah. it, and it <laughs> tripled in weight, uh, and like cut your face as it hit you, and all that. So to see someone like him, who you know was playing with a, one of these big old brown balls that was super heavy, and, yeah. you know, and unfortunately, um, you know, you hear about he's one of these players who's been affected by dementia as well yeah. as as sadly a lot of players from that era have. Like to see him be able to strike that ball, it's like the equivalent of hitting a medicine ball, really, <laughs> yeah. or, or or playing football with a basketball, you know. And, and yet some of the stru- he like he scored great goals yeah oh, God, yeah. Uh, but yeah so he'll, he'll be a, a sad miss to the game and i've thought so uh, with everybody in his family at this moment yeah right on to more uplifting news then sunday only had one game but boy did it save a good game <laughs> apparently um aston villa hosting west ham two teams who you know in all right form i suppose um West Ham always seem to be in the right form, but then you look at the results, they're actually not. Uh, Villa got their 11th um, home win in a row, uh, which I believe is a record, and Douglas Louise has now scored in six in a row of those. Yeah, six consecutive uh, home games in the Premier League. Dougie scored in, beating Dwight York's records from 93 or something like that. Um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a bad day at the office, really, was it, from our <laughs> point of view? Um it was just we were brilliant. Like I it's kind of I went into the game like I did going into the Brighton game the other week, thinking, Oh, this could be a this could be a tricky game today and I needn't have been worried for either of them really, should I? <laughs> oh yeah. I we we other than I'd say maybe a ten minute period after they got a fluky goal back, 
we were in total control of this game from start to finish. Like I, I thought West Ham were poor, but we were that good that that they were poor. We like the the football that I'm watching us play over the last year since Emery's come in. I've I've had a season ticket at Villa since 1997. I've I've never I've seen we've had good teams in that period and like have obviously played well at times, but I've never seen us have such control of of games as 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 we do at the moment. Um, yes, yeah, very very exciting times building up at Villa. I mean the game game yesterday, the, the first half we were absolutely all over them in that first half and took a while for the goal to come. I, I think their keeper sort of let himself down with that goal. Really, there wasn't an awful lot of power in in Dougie's shot, and he, he got a couple of hands. I think he got both hands to that one as well. So he, he could have done better with that. And you could have gone in at half time one nil, thinking you know we probably should be a couple of goals up here. Watkins missed a, a really really good chance. We done the hard work by by killing the ball dead. Some beautiful touch, and then sort of snatch at the shot and pull it wide. But then you're going to the second half, get an early early goal in that with, with the penalty, um, which I don't think they can have too many complaints about. It. I don't know what Piquetta was doing, passing the ball back like that. But as I say, they they got they got a goal back, a very very fortunate goal for them. I, I think the initial shot was probably going wide, and it yeah. takes a huge deflection obviously of Torres. I, I was surprised that Bowen was credited with the goal. I I expected it to be given as an, a Torres own goal because it was clearly got. It looked to me like yeah. it was going off target. But he's been credited with it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Bowen always seems to score against us, so maybe they just thought uh, he, he probably would have gone in then. So let's just give it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. And, and as I say, for for probably the next five or ten minutes, like I don't mind. There's didn't really have any shots to save that I can really remember. But they had a lot of set pieces, and I mean, Ward Prowse, his his delivery from set pieces is. It's fucking brilliant. It's always right on the money. And so there's always that danger. But once we got that third one, it, it killed the game. The lovely ball from McGinn and the finish from Watkins. It was so good. I mean, so, sometimes keepers will get criticised if the goal goes past them at the near post. But he's he's hit that so hard and high. I, I wouldn't be blaming the keeper for that one. And the icing on the cake, Leon Bailey. And Tielemans, both substitutes coming on and combining for uh, for for the fourth goal, which I thought was a brilliant goal as well. It was a lovely bit of skill from Bailey yeah. and a lovely little finish. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's hard not to be excited at the moment. I'm not one of these who's going to get carried away because there's still You're a gonna lot of You're going to win the league. You're going to win the league. I mean, there's all, all day on Talksport and Sky and whatever. There's all been there's all this talk about oh, can Villa be challenging? To finish in the top four or five for the Champions League. If we're still in this position come sort of March time, then I'd be more confident. And I'm not saying that, that we can't. I think we will certainly put up a good challenge. I think what could have an effect is it, how far we get in Europe, which I expect us to go quite far in that. And then as the season wears on, maybe that'll take priority. But, you know, we. The, the start we've had to this season, 17 goals in our four home games this season. It's and in those 11 home wins in a row, only five goals conceded. Like It's, it's impressive. And you think this season, we've been doing it without Mings, Brendia, Ramsey, Moreno, who were first-team players all last season. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, very, I'm a very, very happy chappy at the moment. Yeah, so you've spoken a few times now about like Villa going under the radar because obviously you've got teams mm. like Newcastle um, and uh, Brighton and, and Brentford at times who, you know, who obviously get the plaudits for, for how they've done. Obviously, Brighton are still kind of getting that a bit like the fact that I, most teams, you don't realise that Brighton's form's as iffy as it has been. Because yeah. you just think, oh, they play great football. They're doing really well. Um, you know, obviously Newcastle with the, uh, apart from yourselves, I think Newcastle and you guys were the two standout performances this weekend. Apart from like Chelsea to for maybe two thirds of the, their game. Um, do you think? Do you think now that Villa are going to start to get this attention? Because I don't think enough of enough of a big deal has been made about this. This obviously, I know eleven home wins in a row doesn't sound much to some clubs. You know, if like you know, mm. you know, you got, like you like to Chelsea and that like Man City go on massive long unbeaten runs at home and stuff. But it's a club record for you, isn't it? You know, and it, it's in a, the it's Premier a, League, yeah, certainly, yeah. Yeah, it's that. That's a big. That's a that. That is a big deal. Like, I'm not being disrespectful no, when I say yeah, right. for a club of your size. You know, eleven Premier League wins. You know, because in that time, you are. It's not like you're playing Burnley, Sheffield United, Bournemouth. Yeah. In eleven home games, you've practically played most of the most of the teams in the Premier League. In in that run, including some of the big boys, you know, so to be getting to get be getting results like that, it's really impressive. And yeah, Douglas Louise scoring six in a row. He's a defensive midfielder. He's not a striker. Well, see, this is this is the the thing, and you, you've kind of in in a sort of sideways way brought about a point I was going to make about Douglas Louise. He's not a defensive midfielder. He never has been a defensive midfielder. The problem was the first couple of years he was with us. He was being played there because we didn't have any other defensive midfielders. Ah, okay. it, it was not his position. When we signed him, um, he'd had two years on loan in Spain, and, and he was more of like a, a number eight uh, rather than a holding midfielder. Like he can do that job, but Villa fans were like, for about eighteen months, two seasons, we were all like saying to each other, "We are desperate to sign a holding midfielder to allow Dougie to play his more natural game." because yeah, he, he does look good in that role. Because oh, he's. Honestly, it, like he—he he for me, I think he's one of, if not the most underrated player outside of like outside of Villa fans. I think he's so underrated from a lot of opposition fans. Yeah. He and as every week goes by, and like I've been a hundred percent genuine when I say this, as every week goes by, he genuinely is going up and up on my list of all-time players. I've seen him play at Villa, like he. He can do pretty much everything in that midfield, and I was amazed that during the summer that he wasn't. When you look at the price certain midfielders were moving around for, mm-hmm. I can't believe that that he wasn't linked with anywhere. And, and like I, I cannot speak highly enough of, of how good the footballer Douglas Ruiz yeah. is, and like... the fact he's got Kamara alongside him as well, mm. who's brilliant. Like. Yeah, yeah it, it's mad to say we were linked with him in January and we put yeah. that, that bid in at the last minute because his contract was off. Uh, and I, I was surprised that we didn't go back in for him, but then when we signed Royce, mm. I thought, okay, maybe that. But then I, I say I've seen a few bits that, uh, where you can, yeah, you can tell he's got that attacking thing. And the more I see of him, the more I can see why Arteta wants him. Yeah, and there's still there's talk that we'll go back in for him in January again now, and I'm thinking, well, why don't we go in for him in the summer? Because <laughs> like yeah. he he fits our model, like he fits our model perfectly. Like he, he he looks really impressive, and it makes a lot of sense now. Because I don't know if it's true though. So you know when you guys signed him for Man City, yeah, apparently there was a lot of interest in him from Premier League clubs, but Premier League clubs were told he wouldn't get a work permit. Yeah, and I... that's why that no one else put a bid in for him. Yeah, well, to be fair, when <clears throat> when we signed him. There was 
um, even at that time, that I think we had to put quite a strong case to get that work permit for him. Like I think there was still sort of some concern about that. And Man City also, when we when we got him, they had a, I think it was a two-year buyback option for yeah. thirty million. And I mean, Pep must be regretting not doing that. And, oh. You know, you've saved having to spend forty-five on Calvin Phillips. No, he's or got Calvin Phillips. He'll be all right. He's, yeah, he's, I mean, someone to keep that seat warm. But he, um, well, he, he signed a, I mean, Louise signed a, a new five-year deal last season, and we've we've got the last, I mean, the last twelve months, Miners, Mings, Conza, McGinn, Louise, and Watkins have all signed new long-term deals. So, if anyone wants to come and take these players, they're, they're going to have to spend an, an awful lot of money on them. But we, um, yeah, we, we're just looking really, 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 really good, and the front two of Watkins and Diaby, they're going to cause a lot of teams a lot of problems as this season goes on. Yeah, what well, I say, Watkins looks really impressive. Like, he, he does seem to get a lot of stick from from some fans, um, but when he's yeah. when he's on form, like you can you look at him now and you can tell he's on form. Like oh, he's got his goal, his goal yesterday was really really good. Yeah, I mean, as soon as he got his his first league goal against Chelsea a few weeks ago, like every Villa fan knew, okay, stick some money on him for like any time goal scorer for the next few weeks because he he does go on these streaks, but he. He's kind of, he, I don't know if you saw his interview after the game where he was talking about the chance he missed in the first half. He was saying how, you know, a season or two ago, that would have really affected him for the rest of the game and he'd constantly have it on his mind. But, like, Emery's just completely changed his mindset of, you know, just just focus, another chance will come and sit that one away. And, he, I mean, he certainly did that. Yeah, I say he scored for England as well, didn't he? On, uh, he the, did, the, yeah, the, yeah. I, I didn't watch the Australia game, but... Uh, you know, I heard he scored there as well. So yeah, no, yeah, things are looking really good at, at, at Villa Park. I'm I'm not the biggest Villa fan, but <laughs> like, you you've got to appreciate good football. Um, you know, and that they're playing some really really good football. And I think so. I I said that either they or off the back end of last season, either they or Brighton would would surprise a few people this season. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you guys are definitely doing it. I, I think if you keep keep up this form, it's incredible. I think it, it gets mentioned all the time that since since. Emery hmm. came in, your guys, you know, if the league had been from the day Emery started to now, you, you guys had been runners-up um, <laughs> behind Man City, which is absolutely incredible considering that like, you were almost relegated. Uh, well, looking at relegation when Jeez. when Gerrard left. Oh, um, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a mad transformation. And, yeah, Emery's doing a great job, which I'm glad for because that's how I like him. He, he, he came into Arsenal at completely the wrong time, but um, yeah. I, I, I think it, it shows that he's, he, he's not a, a bad manager with, with the right set of players and, you know, the, 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 given the go-ahead, he can, he can do good things. Just an in, interesting point from uh, when you, you just use the phrase the right set of players. Um, so this, tomorrow, to, well, we're recording Monday nights, so Tuesday, it will be the one-year uh a year since we appointed Emery and obviously you know look at the change over that year mm-hmm. but it's it's with you know the bulk of the first team are players that were there they were there yeah arrived. yeah because his signings have all got injured haven't they like a uh, few, few of them have yeah so um, uh, like he brought in Moreno in January and he, he's out injured and then so we've got Torres and uh, Diaby who, who are now in there playing regularly but he what what he's done is kind of you know he, like really really improved players. Yeah. Eddie Howe's improved a lot of players at yeah. Newcastle. You know Arteta's he's worked he's done with a lot of the younger players, and he kind of you sit there and thinking like why why isn't every other manager doing that? <laughs> yeah 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 it like, is it, it is mad like because obviously he came into an Arsenal dressing room. Um, 
with some players who were on like really big money, the club was in a really negative space, and you'd think that would be, that would be prime for him to come in and uh, yeah. and do this sort of thing. But like you say, Ollie Watkins turns around and says, like, yeah, a year ago I'd I'd have been screwed after missing that chance, and you know says the managers turned that around. So he shows he's got it in him. So it it shows that the players at the club, you know, at Arsenal especially, just weren't open to it for whatever reason. They're like, well, who's this funny little man who can't speak English properly? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think that there were also a few people who he like there that he wanted to try and get out of the club that yeah. he could have managed to but then Arteta obviously did and you know likes of like Ozil and, um, I don't know one or two others mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's, it's if you've not got if you've not got players who are receptive to, to what you're trying to do it's, it's, it's going to be very yeah. difficult to ask yeah. isn't it and like you say it was, I think just wrong time and place going into that Arsenal job yeah, I think if he'd have had the similar back into Arteta, where he could have gone in and gone, well, I don't yeah. want him, don't want him, don't want him, get rid of him, they're trouble. I think I think he'd have done a, a better job. Uh, but yeah, the fans did, the fans turned on him very quickly, um, you know, and he didn't have the backing from everybody at the club at the time because yeah. you know obviously he, he came in straight after Wenger uh, yeah. when things weren't great at the club anyway. So, but yeah, I'm really I'm really glad to see him doing like a, a really good job. Like he's he, he he's definitely got something about him. Do you think you could hold on to him if someone? Big came calling, you know. There's, I think Real Madrid going to be looking for a new manager in the summer. Yeah, funny enough, I had this discussion the other day with someone. It, obviously, there are certain clubs where you, you know you'd say it's going to be hard to say no to. The only th- thing, well, one thing I think that we've really got in our favour is, I, I, if he went to say a club like Real Madrid or you know, that sort of level, there's no way that he would have the level and amount of control at that football club that he's got now at Villa. He's mm-hmm. basically been given the keys to the club. Like he's been involved he was involved in the directors of football coming in and a lot of the uh, sort of senior staff at, at that level. He's basically been told whoever you want to come in and the points to, to work with you at this football club, you can have and you're not gonna get that at at those sort of the bigger clubs. So whether I, I, I don't know, like to say, it'd be difficult to turn down the move to Madrid. I'm sure, but I think I think there's certain football clubs like like us, Sevilla, uh, when it was at Valencia. That I think that level of club is just perfect for him. Yeah, I say Villarreal, who's really yeah, good, yeah, there yeah. as well. Um, I, I say I, I know with Spanish with Spanish clubs, it's it, it, a lot of it can come down to their certain beliefs and, yeah. and stuff like that so I don't know which way he falls on on, on on that whether you know Real Madrid would be a thing for him but do you think like I don't want to drag the podcast on any longer but I just think it's interesting we're talking about um, obviously he's had he's had a uh, not too great experience at PSG um, yeah uh, he, obviously his experience at Arsenal wasn't really uh, favourable as well so I think do you think that could like again like you say that puts you in a good stead because yeah you're letting him do what he wants you're, you're his project yeah 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 quite possibly I mean it's 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 weird like with those one those two clubs there because it's like as we've you know just kind of discussed Arsenal it was just I think whoever went in uh, at that time would have would have you know, had a job in their hands it was it was just a, a not the great place and PSG is just a basket case of a football club as well isn't <laughs> yeah. it so you know there's there's obviously other clubs where bigger club like big clubs like that where it maybe wouldn't be as sort of chaotic as that but he he's you know, he he seems like the type of guy that he if he's got like a project or like something in mind, he'll see it through. I mean, he he turned down the move to Newcastle because he didn't feel that it was time for him to leave Villarreal, and obviously they went on to win the Europa League that season. So I think if he feels as as long as he still feels like 
he can, you know, we can keep building and progressing. There's other levels to go to. Then, then hopefully he'll uh, he'll stick around for the next twenty years or so. <laughs> well, it'd be interesting to say. And, yeah. Although I hope not that long, because if he keeps progressing the way he is, <laughs> God, you'll be you'll be you'll be winning everything. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. It's just a constant upward path. I hate you. Um, <laughs> right. Um, so, so please tell the folk, fine folks where they can hear more of you. Uh, yeah. So on Twitter or whatever it's called these days, it's at Regan and the Villa Fancy Holtcast podcast and the website 7500toholts.com. Wicked. Uh, you can find me at XIX Blue Wolf on everything, uh, but I probably wouldn't bother. Uh, you can find the show at Man on the Post on pretty much everything, although the Instagram that doesn't really get used. Um, and you'll have to put up with some of Chris's terrible jokes. Um, <laughs> or seeing Andy Carroll score goal of the season um, in France. I didn't even know he was playing in France. I, I had no idea. <laughs> until, that, until that tweet this afternoon. I was like, what? Um, how old's this? Um, but yeah, so yeah, you can find us at Man on the Post. Um, thank you very much for joining me, Sly. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk about the football with you. Cheers, thank you. We will be back next week, uh, hopefully with Dave and the return of Carl. So hopefully Everton have a good game next week. Um, uh, and yeah, and we'll go from there. And yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening. And always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>